Welcome to The Nourished Nervous System, an exploration of stress, the nervous system, and transformative self-care practices for parents and other humans through the lenses of Ayurveda, holistic coaching, somatic practices, herbs, and much, much more. I'm the host, Kristen Timchak, a holistic life coach, Ayurvedic educator, herbalist, and mother of a tiny human. Please join me for information, insight, deep thoughts, and small steps to help you nourish your nervous system. Hello, hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Nourish Nervous System. I'm so, so happy you're here today. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're finding moments to nourish yourself. And just a reminder that this month's community question is, what does self-care currently look like for you? If you feel called to respond, send an email to kristen at nourishnervousystem.com and I look forward to hearing from you. So my friendly disclaimer that this podcast is purely for entertainment and educational purposes and should not be considered health or mental health advice. Anything said should not be taken as a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. Okay, fabulous. So as I've been doing this podcast, I continue to deepen and grow in my own self-care practices because doing this is a total accountability tool for me. You all are my accountability partners. I, it helps me to, to keep on track with things. And I've also been continuing to ask myself questions around why is self-care important? What are my, what's my long game with self-care? And I think there are a lot of different answers to this question, and it may be different for every person. But what I personally keep coming back to for myself is that it helps me to become more resilient. And I keep coming back to this image that I've mentioned before of weaving this net of self-care practices that can catch you when you fall. So weaving these practices, rituals, habits, and tools into your daily life so that when life throws you a curveball, as it inevitably does, you have a little more support. You're able to recover a little more quickly so that when you stumble, you're able to find your balance again. So this net that I imagine, it's woven of self-care practices and habits. It's also woven with presence and listening. These are really important parts. What we need is always changing. So instead of getting too rigid or having a to-do list of self-care, it can be helpful to have tools and habits that you can call on and to develop the skill of listening to your body to know what exactly you need, because it changes. It changes with seasons. It changes with our health. It changes with different ages and stages of our of our bodies. So being able to really tune in and know what your body needs in the moment is super important. And so I see these as the pieces of, of the net and what the net actually is, is like this net of resource. It helps me to create resources within me that I can pull upon when I need them. So when I think about it like this, the questions that arise for me are, how do I resource myself? Like what are the habits, skills, and practices that currently make me feel resourced 
that help me to feel more alive. Another question is, how do I know when I'm feeling resourced? Or maybe actually a better question is, how do I know when I'm not resourced? And I also have been thinking about what is my relationship to resource and reciprocity. And what I mean by that last one, and I'm going to zoom out for a little bit here to unpack this. We live in an industrial capitalistic society where many people see the resources of the earth as commodities that we're entitled to. And we have a tendency to take and take and take. And I know not everyone sees these things this way, but it's something, it's, it's the, it's the, um, it's what we're immersed in. So there has to be a conscious awareness. It's not a moral judgment. It's like, this is what we're brought up in. This is what we're taught. And whether subtly or not so subtly. And so there has to be this awareness of reciprocity of, of that, what we take, we need to be giving something in return, whether that's even just the awareness that we're taking this thing and feeling great gratitude for it. Because we're in this society, I think our human resources can also be seen in this way, that the energy we give to our work and families is entitled to those things that we need to just give and give and give. I hope that makes sense. It's another one of those concepts that feels a little challenging to put into words. And so I think it can be helpful to get curious about what your relationship to resource is. Do you feel like your your resource, your energy as a human that that you have to just give and give and give it? Um, and what is your relationship with reciprocity in this way? And like I said before, this isn't a moral judgment to function in this world. We need to use the resources from the earth. That's just the way it is. But being aware that you are using resources and having gratitude for those resources creates a different energy and a different relationship. And on a personal level, when you recognize that the energy that you give to your work and your family and your community is a resource and that it isn't endless, then self-care becomes less about what are the things I should be doing to check off the self-care box and more about how am I living in reciprocity with myself? How am I replenishing the resources that I need to live in reciprocity with the world around me? So that's what I mean about your relationship with resource. And I think another way that I think about this concept is that when you grow a garden, the earth, earth gives you the resources of fruits and vegetable herbs and flowers, but it's a reciprocal relationship you're tending the earth by adding compost to the soil to nourish it, by pulling weeds and watering, and maybe even rotating crops and letting certain areas of your garden lie fallow for a season and rest. So if you are that garden and all of your work and relationships are the fruit of that garden, you need to tend the soil in order to help those things grow. You need to make sure that you're tending yourself. And here's the thing. Weaving this net of resource, cultivating resilience doesn't shield you from the heartbreak. It doesn't keep you from experiencing pain and challenges. It doesn't mean you're going to feel good all the time, but it does help you when you go into those places to have a net, to know that you can fall and will be caught, 
to have the resilience and the awareness to come back to your feet. I'm going to tell you a little story from my recent life here that kind of illustrates this. A couple of weeks ago, I got COVID. And before I got sick, I was feeling pretty good. I was really uh, pretty disciplined in my self-care practices. I was getting outside and moving my body every day, which was feeling really, really good for me and meditating and finding some time to rest and have some downtime when I could. And I felt like I had some momentum with it all and was finding some joy in these small practices. And the actual sickness of COVID wasn't horrible. It was like a day of chills and then it felt like a bad cold. But there was this emotional component of it that just took me out. And maybe this happens with other sicknesses, but I've noticed the two times I've had COVID and I've also been talking to friends about this recently that have also experienced this, like this certain depression or just, yeah, dredging up of some deep emotional stuff. And I just totally went down this emotional spiral one day and I felt this big, deep grief for you know, certain aspects of my own life for the children in Gaza, the state of our world. And I surrendered to this grief and it wasn't comfortable. It was painful, but, and maybe I can, can contribute this to my meditation practice, but I was able to see, even as I was spiraling out, there was this part of me that had this awareness that was like, this is the COVID. This is the COVID is bringing this up. And you can feel all of this. And it's not you. Like you're going to be okay. Like these are the feelings. They're moving through you. And you can, you can kind of let yourself fall into this. And there's, there's a net to catch you. And you're going to, you're going to be okay. You're not going to spend the rest of your life crying on the couch. And so yeah, I kind of just surrendered and I just felt it all. And, and I came out of it. It it eventually stopped and I came out of it. And afterwards I kind of really realized that, wow, that was also just another way that my body was moving stress. That was, I, I completed stress responses in that, even though it was not comfortable, it was not pleasant, but it was, um, it was important. It was something, something was completed, something, uh, was moved through. And, and afterwards I was okay. And so the other thing that happened just in general from my experience of, of being sick of COVID was that it triggered a little Hashimoto's flare. And so I felt after I got through the main part of the sickness, I just felt this really deep fatigue. Like I haven't felt in a while, which in some ways was cool and hear me out on this. It was cool to see how far I've come because it's been such a gradual process of healing that to feel that fatigue again. And I was like, oh yeah, I used to feel like this every day and I don't anymore. So that was, that was the cool part. But the fatigue meant that I kind of fell out of my outdoor exercise practice and some of my other self-care practices. And the, for me right now in my body, the exercise and getting outside has just been such a major way of completing stress responses. And so, and it's, you know, it's that thing. It's like you fall out and it, 
the farther you get away from it, like the harder it can feel sometimes to make that initial step to get back in. And so I was kind of in that place and I was still meditating. I was still doing some other things, but I wasn't completing those stress responses. And it was also many days of being home with my son because we weren't, we weren't going anywhere. And I got to this place where I was starting to notice that I was becoming more irritable with my son. And one day, it was one of his uh, screen days. We, I was setting him up with a show and he was like, mama, how about while I watch my show, you should maybe go do some yoga. And it was like this like alarm bell going off inside of me. And I was like, oh, right. I'm not resourced right now. And my four-year-old son has more wisdom around this than I do. And so that's what brought me to this question of how do I know when I'm not resourced? How can I be aware of the little signs and clues along the way so that I can start to, um, yeah, just listen, listen more and not get to that place of being so under-resourced that I'm snapping at the people around me or just feeling, yeah, just getting to those deeper, darker places that affect the, the people in my sphere. Yeah, and I think sometimes instead of just thinking, I'm just in a bad mood or I'm irritable, like I'm asking myself the question, why am I in a bad mood? Sometimes we are just in a bad mood. It's just the weather of the day. But sometimes it's a friction of not having needs met or of not being resourced. So how, how do you know when you're not resourced? It will most likely show up in the areas of your life that require the most of your energy in your work or your relationships or with your children. And it can show up in different ways depending on your constitution and your imbalances. So getting familiar with your constitution, what shows up for you when, when you are out of balance and especially what shows up emotionally can be really good indicators. So for example, if you're more of a pitta person or you have a pitta imbalance, you may notice more anger and irritability, frustration, rage, a desire to fight, all those hot and fiery emotions. Whereas if you're a vata person or have a vata imbalance, you may notice more fear and anxiety and worry and that desire to run away from the challenges, to flee. And if you're more of a kapha person or have a kapha imbalance, you may notice depression, clinging, apathy, and a desire to shut down or freeze. And so when you aren't resourced, it's way easier to go into one of these stress responses and to get stuck there. So for me, when I'm not resourced, it shows up primarily with my son because he requires probably the most of my energy. And it shows up as anger and irritation and power struggles between us. It's my, I start to control more and he fights against that. So this for me, that's my indicator that I, I need some more time for myself, that I need to listen to what my body needs. I need to carve out a little more time to do it. And which is not always, it's easier said than done. It's, especially as a parent, there's definitely a fine balancing act to this. But it's, you know, it's calling on the support, calling on the support of your partner or if you have family around family or even friends, if you have friends that can hang with your child for even just like half an hour so that you can go out and do what you need to do. And the thing when building a net of resource 
is that the net needs tending. When it's not tended, it can get these holes in it. So I've been working on this process. I still had the structure of my net with my meditation practice and my other small little daily practices that I do, but I had some major holes in my net from that lack of exercise and from spending time outside. And I am still working on mending them, but I know what I need to do. And because I do tend my net regularly, it doesn't take that long to get back to where I was. It's like once I go for a walk, it's easier the next day to go for a walk again. And I think that's the thing with the consistency and building up this net of resource is that the the more that you're consistent, then when those times come where you have to drop things, because you've created that imprint and that neural circuit, when you go to pick them up again, there's a, there's a remembering. It might not be easy, but there is a knowing in your body and in your nervous system and in your brain. So how do you build resource? I think a big part of it is being curious, being willing to do experiments and see what works and what doesn't, noticing how you feel, learning how to listen to your body. So finding moments of your day when you can be present with your body. It doesn't have to be a big deal or take a long time. It can be a moment of taking a pause, taking a couple deep breaths, putting your feet on the earth and noticing where you're holding tension, noticing your emotions and asking the questions of what do I need right now? And instead of answering that question with your mind, see if you can answer it with your body. So maybe there's a certain movement or breathing pattern that your body is called to do in that moment. Or maybe it becomes clear that you need some exercise or a wholesome meal or some rest, which you may not be able to do right in that moment, but you can do it when you have the space. And maybe nothing's clear. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you can't hear what your body is telling you, and that's okay too. Just keep practicing, keep asking the question and be less focused on the answer and more focused on the process of just asking the question and letting it be there and not putting the pressure on it. And I think it will bubble up at some point. It can arise the more that you try this practice and stay consistent with it. Another example of this is the other part of this is to pay attention in your life to when you feel alive? When do you feel relaxed? When do you feel filled up and resourced? What are you doing and what have you just done? Did you just go for a run or did you have a cuddle with a loved one? Did you do something creative or were you spending time in nature? So just noticing these things. And the other thing I want to say in this vein is that self-care isn't always peaceful. I think we have this thing in our culture that Self-care always has to be this like relaxing bubble bath or a yoga practice where you feel like super zen and peaceful. And sometimes self-care is about saying no to things and it's about setting boundaries and it's about finding healthy ways to feel and move anger. Sometimes it might be like doing the mundane tasks Um, Maitreya talked about this in our last episode, like balancing the checkbook or getting your car registered that you have a tendency to put off and that creates stress. So sometimes the self-care is just taking care of those things that you procrastinate so that you can have more 
ease and spaciousness. And as far and going back to the to the anger, many, many years ago, I was going through an intense breakup where I had a lot of anger. And I've seen an acupuncturist at the time. He prescribed me a practice of going somewhere where I felt a sense of privacy where I wasn't going to be heard. I often would go for a walk by myself in the woods, or sometimes I would drive somewhere where I knew there wasn't a lot of houses around and bringing a towel. And the practice was to wring the towel with my hands as hard as I could while yelling completely uncensored, all the angry and hurtful things inside of me, just really like yelling and getting it out. And it helped so much, but it wasn't peaceful, but it was held in a container. So I think that's important as well is noting that the container is a part of what makes something self-care. I wasn't just getting my anger out by yelling at the people in my life and venting my anger. I was creating a safe space where I could feel what I needed to feel and move that energy without hurting anyone else. Uh, another practice is, was like writing letters is the same vein of like completely uncensored, unedited, just writing the letters, letting the anger out of everything that you're feeling and doing this practice for like 30 days in a row, keeping all the letters. And then at the end of it, burning the letters in kind of a ritual. And it's so powerful to do these things, but it's not, it's not necessarily like a Zen bubble bath, you know, it's, it's different. There's a different energy there. And so another example of the container piece, because I think this is important, is that there's so many places in our days where we can add just a little tiny bit of self-care in if we like bring presence. And I think presence is one of the things that helps to create that container. So an example of this is like, Taking a shower is something that you probably do regularly. It's a part of your routine. It's probably something that you do almost uh, without thinking about it. But what if you take a few moments of your shower to be really present, to feel your feet on the floor and feel the water running over your body and smell the smells that are in the shower to close your eyes and take a couple breaths. And you can just do simply that. You could take it a little farther. You could notice the places on your body if your shoulders are tight or your upper back is tight and letting the water run directly onto those places and maybe imagining the water just moving the tension out of those places. Or you could let the water run over your head and just imagine the stress or worry or whatever kind of um, tightness that you feel just running out running down the drain. Or if you do your shower towards the end of the day, just imagine like your day, whatever in your day that you're holding on to, just letting it, letting it go. So that can be something that you do that could just take like a couple minutes and it's in your shower that you're already doing. And it can just help you become a little bit more present. And it just becomes another one of the threads in the net of resource. And so yeah, like what are the other tiny moments you can find in your day and things that you're already doing to become a little more present, to notice your body and your mind? I do have a couple 
resources on my website. I have a deep rest meditation, which is a yoga nidra inspired meditation, and it involves a body scan practice. And I find that a really helpful practice to start to learn to feel and listen to your body. It's at www.nourishednervousystem.com slash deep rest. And the other resource is a Nourished for Resilience workbook. And that has an assessment tool to assess, I guess, your current levels of satisfaction or fulfillment in different areas of self-care and some reflection questions to dig a little deeper and then a habit tracker to begin to implement some new habits or practices. And it can be a really helpful tool for assessing and then like weaving that net of resource. And you can find that at www.nourishednervoussystem.com slash resilience workbook. And those will also be in my show notes. So I think that's, I think that's all I got for this week. It feels like a lot. So for your small step this week, I've got a couple of questions. How do you know when you aren't resourced and what helps you to feel resourced? You don't need to know the answer off the bat. You could journal about them or just write them somewhere that you'll see them every day and just let them, doesn't be questions, let them sit in you and without and try to see if your, your body can tell you the answer instead of your brain. And as you go through your days, you might begin to find answers to them. Okay, friend, I love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Nourished Nervous System. You can send me a DM. Or, and if you're enjoying the podcast, you can tag me in a post. And you can always send an email to Kristen at NourishedNervousSystem.com. I uh, hope to hear from you. Hope you're doing well in these crazy times and I'll be back next week. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. I'm feeling slightly less awkward, but this podcast thing is still a big learning curve. So I appreciate you staying tuned as I learn. If you are enjoying the podcast, please rate and review. It helps me get seen by people besides my friends. And if you are not enjoying the podcast, I hope you're not still listening because life is way too short to listen to podcasts you don't like. 